On this episode, we discuss the turning. From the twisted mind of Henry James comes another tale of terror. <laughs> terror? Yeah, did that get too scary for you guys? Should I take a less scary take or more no, scary no, take? It, it, was, it, was, it was just scary enough, I think. everyone, and welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, it's me, Stuart Wellington. Hi, Elliot Kalen here, and we got a special guest, guys. Hi, it's Hallie Haglin. <laughs> the star <laughs> of the show has returned. And look, we all know you're just waiting for me to shut up so Hallie can say one of her catchphrases like, uh, uh-huh. Yes. Dee. <laughs> or, what's, one of your, yeah. what's one of your catchphrases, Hallie? Uh, uh... This needs more milk. <laughs> this needs more milk. <laughs> that, a lot of a lot of Hallie, a lot of the episodes of the show Hallie are about mac and cheese. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but um, before <laughs> before we get into our show, um, the network our show's on, Max Fun, is throwing a virtual block party from now Woo! until October twenty second, and you're invited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that mean? The wieners are on Dan. Well, during block party, just one. No, yeah. I'm talking about hot dogs. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I'm covered in them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're wearing He's that like vest made out of hot dogs. Yeah. Slather like me with mustard because I'm covered in hot dogs. During block That's party. Just like, the, just like the hit 80s song, pour some mustard on me because yeah. uh-huh. I'm covered in hot dogs. <laughs> that need, that's my catchphrase. Hallie says, this needs more milk. And mine's slather me with mustard. Uh, it's all food related. Uh, during Block Party, Max Fun shows are releasing episodes that are especially welcoming to new audiences. Well, we fucked it up already, guys. <laughs> Didn't do that with oh, all these boy. shenanigans. So the new audience is like, okay, Hallie's the star of the show. Dan is covered in hot dogs. That's his thing. He has mustard on him. Yeah, yeah. If you like, unfortunately, if you like Hallie the best, and many of our listeners do, she's not normally on the show. She is a frequent guest host. And mm-hmm. uh, but that's why you got to listen to every episode because you'll yeah. never know. You just never know when. So yeah. You yep. Tune in. Yep. We've gone back through our catalog and deleted any mention uh, in the show notes whether or not you are on the episode. <laughs> yeah, you just got to guess. Yeah, uh, and I may not come in till the very end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen to them all through, or as much as whatever metrics uh, podcast listening are measured by. If you listen to them over half, that's probably okay. I don't know. It's a it's the wild west out there. But so anyway, the block party, huh? Oh yeah, so a wild west block party. <laughs> yeah. If you've been encouraging a friend to try out our show, this is the perfect episode to share with them. It's also a great time to check out shows you've been curious about. Since they're also releasing episodes geared towards new audience members as well. Uh, the Block Party has games, recommendations, a volunteer event, a limited edition poster, and more. You can find out about that stuff at MaximumFun.org slash Block Party. Tell your friends. Tell them to come to the podcast Block Party. And they'll say, nerd, but maybe some of them will come. <laughs> Elliot is looking very stern. <laughs> I went off. Yeah, I, no, there. I was thinking, you know, what else I got to do? It's we're basically still in a pandemic, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Um, why not go to, go to one out of ten party. do a virtual block party? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, we were ex- supposed to have a block party on my block. It got canceled because of Delta. So, uh-huh. mm. so Dan's stuck with all these wieners. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Take one of these mustard-filled wieners. So you you filled the must the wieners with mustard? Like <laughs> yeah. you injected them full of mustard? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's like, like a know. churro. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Are churros Inside usually filled with mustard? Covered in mustard. Yeah. Yeah, he has. Yeah. That's why I, we're in Dan's apartment right now. There's plastic sheeting all over the floor, and there's <laughs> syringes that are been discarded that are partially filled with mustard, lying every which way. It's dangerous. And you're like Dan. This is for in, inserting into hot dogs, and Dan's like, Yeah, sure. Yes, hot for dogs. Churros. Uh, so, what do we do on this podcast? This is Danny? a podcast. Let's tell we... all those new listeners what we do. It's mostly making fun of you about your hot dogs, right? Yeah. The premise of this uh, podcast. Uh, which seemed a lot more uh, unique about 15 years ago, is that we watch a bad movie and we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, every October, we celebrate Shocktober, the yeah. uh, time of the year. It used to be when we watched slightly more horror movies than normal because uh, the early years were pretty horror movie heavy. These days, yes. we they've been sequestered mostly to the month of October. I guess I don't get to pick the movies anymore. No. <laughs> Nope, it's always Mild Mountain Time and other movies that might make Dan cry, yeah. And uh, pretty frequently we've had Hallie on these episodes because uh, she's a horror fan. And I know that a lot of people on Twitter have been wondering, Hallie, have you seen a ghost? No, I haven't seen a ghost. Yeah. Uh, only, no, I don't even have a, a joke. <laughs> You're too wow. sad. So, yeah. You can see why Joy- Joyce Carol Oates would appreciate you not joking about ghosts. Or <laughs> should I call her Joyce Carol Ghosts? Uh, I won't. Uh, so today we watched The Turning, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, based on uh, The Turn of the Screw, the Henry Jane, James novella. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, fame the Heavily its... and frequently adapted novella, yeah. The Turn of the Screw. The Innocence, I guess, is probably the... Um, Sort of the definitive That's adaptation. The, best one. the Innocence is a great movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Didn't, uh huh. Didn't maybe the turning the is haunting, too. Haunting of uh, Blythe Manor, the series on uh, Netflix. Is it mm-hmm. based on the? I mean, it's pretty heavily influenced. Hmm. By I haven't it. seen that one. Okay. So, so what is the deal? It's just like uh, the original haunted house story or something. I don't really understand what this movie was supposed to be about. So I don't understand what <laughs> mm-hmm. this this movie well, takes a very. Finger. Clear- a very clear premise, which is that a governess is taking care of two kids who seem to be possessed or at least being controlled by the ghosts of two people who used to be at the house and really confuses it up quite mm-hmm. a bit. And I have to admit that, and we'll get to it, I guess, but the, I, the, I really want to talk to you guys about the ending because it was one of the few times that I've seen a modern movie recently where I was like, what? I don't, like, know. I don't, even, know, yeah. I don't even know what that was supposed to represent. You, you, know? could, you could, you could. Uh, evoke any moment from the movie and I would be like, oh, that was the ending? Oh, okay. Like, I don't even remember which (laughs) moment was the ending. Well, uh, the ending, I think, I mean, we'll get there, is meant to capture the ambiguity of the story, which is the other big thing about the turn of the screw. Um, You know, you can, uh, it has been subjected to a lot of literary criticism and interpretation over the years, and you can either read it as a straightforward ghost tale, or you can read it as the story of a governess who has gone mad through possible, you know, uh, combination of uh, sexual confusion and, and like gaslighting and uh, gaslighting and nerves, family, uh, all these 
All the typical things that uh, in the old days uh, in horror stories women were were going so, through. But you're saying so the turn of the screw is one of the originals of the it's a horror movie or is it all in their head? Yes. Whoa. Yeah, I think it, I think it, I think it kind of yeah, yep, exactly. That's why <laughs> that's why they say things are twisted, Elliot, is because they're referring to how when you turn oh. a screw you twist it. So, it's just amazing uh, how it's amazing how Al Goldstein, he was so inspired by this story. That he went on to find to went on to found Screw mm-hmm. Magazine, but he could have easily called it Turn Magazine because it was the turn of the screw that that inspired that's, him to found Screw Magazine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. I'm glad you shared that anecdote. So, <laughs> uh, so wow. the movie begins. Night, a woman question governess uh, flees <laughs> from a mansion, but is stopped at the gate by a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> saying hey. Hey, do you, have your, do you have your passport mm-hmm. <laughs> to leave Ghost Town? Okay, then we <laughs> so find Ghost out- Town, you need a passport to leave. It's a <laughs> yeah. sovereign territory. It yeah, is, yeah, it's a city state. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why Beetlejuice has so many pockets to carry his fucking passport. Oh. Uh, so then we hear over, uh, we hear a, uh, a TV tell us that Kurt Cobain has died. <laughs> yeah, That's cl- a fucking bummer. The clumsiest <laughs> time period setting I think I've, I've seen in a movie in- Several years at least. <laughs> Just like, oh, Kurt Cobain has died. Let's turn the television off immediately upon hearing that news. I mean, it, it is right up there with in The Wedding Singer when the guy goes, hey, JR just got shot in terms of like, <laughs> yeah. and, and there it's deliberately a joke, but here it does feel like a jokey way to set up that time period. But it's to create that, um, that aura of, uh, I guess, young doom that mm-hmm. I will follow our main character. And Hallie, here's the thing I was wondering. You've always wanted to see a ghost. Did this movie mm-hmm. make you want to be a governess so that you could maybe see a ghost in that job? Because you are not a governess right now, right? I feel like one. You're not I mean, a mean, No, but it's your own children, so it doesn't count. Well, I kept wondering, is she getting paid? Because we never saw her get a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Nobody handed her a paycheck or a bag of money. <laughs> no, that's true. The kids certainly are not tipping her, so. No. no. Uh, yeah, so Kurt Cobain, RIP. Um, Mackenzie Davis decides to mm. stop teaching in order to be a rich kid's private tutor uh, under the uh, explanation to make a difference. Mm. <laughs> it's a very uh, weird moment where she's like, this is a rich kid who needs a, needs a, a mother because her parents are gone. I could really make a difference here. It's like, wait, but you're already teaching like a classroom full of not rich kids. Wouldn't yes. wouldn't you be making more of a difference? No, 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 they, no, 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 They no, aren't no, no, no. orphans. No, no, no. Ellie. <laughs> this she is my chance to, to be the. To... This is my chance to be the Aristotle to her Alexander the Great, influencing mm-hmm. a future world conqueror. And mm-hmm. it's like, all right, okay, in a world without Kurt Cobain, I guess anything's possible. <laughs> wait, question, real yeah. question. Uh-huh. Do we know, did I just miss where it's supposed to be set? I think I assumed it was Seattle because Kurt Cobain was mentioned, but then now, in retrospect, <laughs> You know that was that worldwide was, news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but in I, local regional news. <laughs> I do feel like I had a similar f- feeling, though, and maybe it's just because there's it's always misty. <laughs> I thought maybe this was the Pacific Northwest, but... Did- does the Pacific Northwest have a lot of like uh, beautiful manor houses? Uh, it could be. It could be like a logging magnate of the 19th century built that estate or something mm. like that. I think it. It it does feel like more of a like East Coast, uh, the kind of estate you might have found yeah. then. I mean, it's an it's an English. It's a story that's originally set in England, right? I think. Yeah. Because Henry James, though American, spent a, uh-huh. most of his life over there. So like, it makes more sense that there would be like a manor house, but it could be like a robber baron house, you know. By by the way, do, is there a reason beyond I guess 
I guess we're setting everything in the like recent past because of cell phones. Like, Not is there a reason. reason that this like twenty five years took ago. place in the nineties? <laughs> well, that's recent past on the human timeline. <laughs> oh, cool. I mean, yeah, if, yeah. If, if on the geologic scale, uh, yeah, seventy no. AD I mean, is I'm the recent idiot. past. You guys are right. <laughs> it's a fuck. It's the fucking turn of the screw. It's recent past compared to turn of the screw. Okay, so okay, they okay, wanted okay. to set it at the turn of the century. I yeah, just I, don't I understand. Assume- whether they, assume, like it's not like oh remember how there were so many ghosts hanging around in the nineties like we no, got to get I back think, into that I mean there were a lot of ghosts in the nineties they were the ghosts of decisions made by baby boomers and they're mm. now still still haunting us yeah but yeah. Uh, the and of course there were the ghosts of Mars in the nineties but uh, <laughs> was that the early two thousands um, no it's so, the early two thousands uh, I think it is I think it is a to they're setting it then so it feels a little bit like the past but you're right to get away with. Not ha- otherwise, when she showed up, she'd have to be like, "What's the Wi-Fi password?" And Ms. Mm-hmm. Groza, the uh, the the old lady, would have to be like, "We don't have Wi-Fi." And then <laughs> we'd have an interminable scene of her walking around the grounds yeah. trying to get a signal on her cell phone. And like, it, who cares? Set it in the '90s. Why not? You know, yeah. I, you know, yeah. who, I love the '90s. Yeah. Has anyone yeah, ever said s- that? Uh, mm, I mean, I think there's not. like a uh, CD collection. <laughs> um, so uh, Mackenzie Davis decides to go visit her mom at a kind of stylish mental hospital. This is kind of when I realized like this, this movie f- looks pretty good. Yeah. Like uh, everything is fairly stylized. Um, mm-hmm. The, like the, this, uh, this is a person, uh, the, the director mainly has, it looked like music video music credits videos. and some TV and credits. Her first feature was The Runaways about uh, the band, The Runaways. Oh, okay. Which was pretty good. And so she visits her mother, jo- played by Jolie Richardson, uh, who you would know from uh, The Patriot and that uh, BBC uh, Lady Chatterley adaptation with Sean Bean. She's Beam, in lots was, of stuff. She's, and, in, she's uh, part I'll, of I'll the story. That, that Lady Chatterley She's bit. part of a long time. She's part of a long British acting dynasty. As, as the Amazon trivia told me, she is the fourth member of her family to be in an adaptation of The Turn of the Screw. Wow. Going all the wow. way back to the innocence. Yeah. So wow. she's a, but you know, she's um she's a Redgrave, Julia Richardson. So like, you know, her family oh, is a they're right. British acting royalty, you know. Wait, was Vanessa Redgrave in The Devils? Um No. I can't remember. Right. It's a good um, Shocktober name though. Yeah. Redgrave. Is okay. she her daughter? Is. is she Vanessa Redgrave's daughter? She is Vanessa Redgrave's daughter, yes. She so looks she's like Michael her. Redgrave's uh granddaughter and yeah yeah the, the uh she looks like vanessa grave because it's her mother uh, yeah that's that, like that makes Dan, a lot of sense Redgrave is a scary it reminds me there's a kind of there's a breed of apple called gravenstein and <laughs> awesome. I, and and, all, and whenever i see a sign of it, i was like ah oh, gravenstein <laughs> danielle's like it's not scary it's an apple yeah so but it's like frankenstein with graven it should be a scary apple mm-hmm. i just it's I, like think the movie, the I think apple. it's interesting that that uh, Vanessa Redgrave was in The Devils, directed by Ken Russell, and then Jolie Richardson was in Lady Chatterley, that was also directed by Ken Russell. It's got Ken Russell all over it. So let's get back to this movie, shall we? <laughs> Ken Russell, the father of Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, and Kurt Russell, the father of Carrie Russell. Uh-huh. Anyway, continue. No. God damn it. So uh, she's in this stylish mental hospital. She's doing art in a empty pool. Uh, that she explains seem to her mom safe for a mental yeah. hospital. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah. Or anywhere. <laughs> now, do you think a full pool would be more safe for a mental hospital, or should we just get rid of the idea of having a pool in this mental hospital? Well, what's the implication that they turned, like, an old 
Jim into a <laughs> mental hospital? Good question. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I mean, it. Rem- I just saw. I just watched uh, Barb and Star, and it just reminded me of their motel where there's an empty pool where a guy's playing solitaire on a on a little card table at the bottom mm-hmm. of it. I mean, um, this is it, the '90s. Maybe this is a statement about how back in the '80s uh, Reagan cut all the funding for uh, the mentally ill. Yeah, so they had to lose so, their pools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, we can afford they food, afford or we can water. afford or water. We can't afford both. Yeah. So uh, our our heroine, uh, her name is Kate. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, after leaving her mom, goes to this uh, palatial, ma- not palatial. This this manor house. It's pretty uh, she palatial. Walks, she walks. Yeah, she walks around a lot. Uh, it's for such a large, well-groomed home and grounds, it is uh, sparsely populated. And it's filled with a lot of, like, sort of uh, foreboding <laughs> noises. I, uh-huh. I, 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 and junk. Hallie's right. There's a lot of brick in true. this house. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it's broken a- dolls in this house. <laughs> <laughs> they have a surprisingly large number of rooms dedicated to antique shattered mannequins. <laughs> it's a pretty gothic story, so I guess, like, you can get away with this stuff when you're creating that kind of mood. But Audrey did point out that it's just like, I don't think in a horror movie, like in the first 10 minutes, you shouldn't have like a bunch of scary noises. Like you want to like ease into that a little bit, like, like fake your way into like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is like at least one foot in the normal world. I mean, it is, it does feel like she, she does walk through a portal and enter into the like fairyland from Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, where there's just like, uh, like diabolical masquerades going on all the time. (laughs) It really, it really does feel like as soon as she gets to the house, yeah, she's entered a nightmare realm. It's, she's entered the world represented by the illustrations in the original scary tales to tell tell in the dark books. Like, like it's, it does not. Yeah. And I think that's an Edward Gore illustration or something from the beginning of mystery. <laughs> yeah, she's in the mystery opening title credits. She should be like, this isn't right. Speaking of illustrations, we she meets the, I guess, older housekeeper, mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Gross or Miss Gross, who uh, is exclusively looks like she has been taken out of a black and white photo, kind of like uh, Detox in the season five finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, it, it's an interesting <laughs> choice uh, because this is a movie that features uh, ghosts. And yet this woman who looks like a ghost the whole time is not one. Um, and has a British accent. She's she not. Does. And it that further confused me about the ex- location. Me too. Yeah. And it's also, it, if she, it would make more sense if she was a ghost because the whole movie, Kate would be like, let's do this, Flora. And Ms. Gross would be like, no, no, she can't do that. And I'd be like, well, why aren't you the governess, Mrs. Gross? So like, you don't seem to do anything else all day except ride <laughs> Kate's ass about what Flora can and can't do. Like, why did you hire mm-hmm. Kate? Like, this is your job. I yeah. was confused about the the situation there, like, like the – the flowchart of who's in charge and also like who has a uh, guardianship of these kids. Is it that woman or like that's oh, they're weird. owned by the house. The, <laughs> okay. the house inherited them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we meet uh, after there's a lot of walking around this property. If uh, yeah, I mean like it's basically a fucking Zillow ad. Um, so <laughs> like a spooky Zillow ad. Like, for, uh, like you rent, want to rent a haunted house. You know. Yeah, it's it's what happens when you go to Zillow in October. All the houses <laughs> have been decorated and they're That'd spooky. Be so funny if all the all the listings now have ghosts and cobwebs on them. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to buy a house in October because all the real estate listings make them look like abandoned old mansions. <laughs> yep. Now all this, this will be cleared it. away later, right? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are no, you looking that, for when... a three-bed tomb? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we have to stage the house. When did you want to sell it? October. Ugh, October. Okay, get me cobwebs. Get me broken mirrors. Get get me a coffin for a table. That's how Let we have get, to sta- stage get it. Get me my punning Start. dictionary. <laughs> Somebody start peeling the grapes. We've got a whole setup. <laughs> <laughs> well, realtors these days just have a spray that smells like freshly peeled grapes. So uh, yeah, yeah. Let me bring you through to the ensuite master death. <laughs> master bath. I uh-huh, mean to say yeah. master bath. Come on. Yeah, oh, I better. thought you were going to say dead room. <laughs> uh, better. Thank you. Oh, better. That's okay. Tell me how to do my job. Sure. You, maybe you're the real estate agent now. Okay, fine. <laughs> or the squeal Here, estate you put agent. Here, <laughs> <laughs> Here, you do it. I'll buy the house from you. Oh, this place is lovely. Uh, I want. I don't like the color. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> hey, we, we would discuss price. You can always paint the house. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. And now I've transferred the curse onto you. You're now the real estate agent for this house. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm just glad you stopped saying squeal estate. Uh, okay, so so we meet Flora, who is a spooky little girl. Uh, we walk around a spooky hedge maze, uh, then we tour the house, uh, and we see a crazy, <laughs> crazy dummy of a dead grandma. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn that Flora can't leave the property, you know, <laughs> normal rich people stuff. Yeah. Flora played by, uh, the young <laughs> girl from the Florida pl- project, by mm-hmm. the way. Maybe uh, that's why they named her yeah. Flora. Oh, that's right. I, she was, oh, uh, I God, mean, that's, that I makes I re- me so sad. I love that I thought that I recognized movie. her from somewhere. Well, no, well she, I, mean, just I think she's, she's good in this movie, too. The movie is yeah. not obviously as good as The Florida Project, which is I amazing. I would say that, but yeah, this movie is, has is, way less Willem Dafoe. That's 100% less. This movie. Who uh, would have been great in this? Very spooky. Yeah. yeah. And the, he should have been Mrs. Groza. But uh, <laughs> or, or Kate, frankly, a male governess. Why not? A governor, if you will. The I think the problem with this movie is not the acting. I think all the no. performers do pretty fine in it. But yeah. the, it does. It is. Uh, Stuart, you're saying earlier, or maybe Dan was, about how like the movie looks pretty good, but mm-hmm. it looks all very samey. Like, the, 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 like, I think you guys are saying there's no difference between the spooky scenes and the non spooky scenes and how it looks. So it all kind of turns into kind of like a gray glop at a certain well, point. Yeah. You know? I have a thing about the acting. So okay. I don't know if this is a, a I don't know if you'd attribute this to a flaw in the acting or a flaw in the conception of the movie. But I thought the kids should have been spookier. They're like actually not spooky at all. They just seem like normal kids in a spooky house. Yeah. I mean, they seem like assholes. I mean, the the the, bro- like the son is an asshole. He's the- an asshole, but he doesn't seem like he seems like not not as creepy as he should seem. I feel like. Yeah. No, yes. I think you're right. This is like this is a case like the girl is a sweetheart and the guy who will will meet soon in the synopsis that Stuart is so kindly played put, by Stranger Things is Finn through. Wolfhard. Yeah, Finn Wolfhard, uh, our our old uh, Daily Show co-host, uh, co-host, uh, Daily Show uh, uh, writer Dan Amira once <laughs> tweeted, <laughs> "Well, Wolfhard or Wolf Home, I guess." And I was one of like five people who favorited that. <laughs> it was really speaking like, to me versus I love the normal. idea now of, of Dan Amira, and this will mean nothing to the listeners who don't know him, as a co-host of The Daily Show because he's a, he's a man who has very little emotional effects when he no, talks. He is a, yeah, he, he, imagine me, but man. more so. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but <laughs> what were we talking about? So she sp- she spends so the, the day. So fi- so I just wait. I want to. Oh, the kids wait, aren't I, spooky. I want to take yeah. up the kids aren't spooky. I want to mention that I think this shows that the children who play the parts, their names are Finn Wolfhard and Brooklyn Prince, and their names are spookier than the character names, which is yeah. Miles and Flora Fairchild. And I think you're. I think it's a it's a conception problem. I think that's a, yeah. that feels like a directing problem to me. That the kids, yeah, I think you're right. Are not there's nothing eerie about them, and so much of the movie is is Kate wandering around the house getting spooked by mirrors and things like that. Yeah. But when she sees the kids, they're not like, there's nothing ghosty about them. You know? Yeah, Miles is kind of uh, creepy uh, in a teenage boy way of being creepy, not in but a not creepy, like, eerie way. It's no, not no, like yeah. this guy's going to be able yeah. to do anything to her. He's very it's small. Not like it, He's a small well, man. Yeah, and it's not like, is this kid... Does this kid have a ghost inside them? Yeah. It's more like, hey, this kid is going to go. I mean, at a certain point, every teenage boy has a ghost inside them. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so we, yeah, like, there's there's a brief scare (laughs) where... Allie, Allie, it's Block Party episode, please. Come on. (laughs) What if there's... It's a horror porn... It's a horror porn called Ghost in the Dick. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a very weird uh, adaptation of Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the Ghostbusters are, I guess, porn stars that help you get it out of your dick, and they're like, "We got to uh-huh. get that ghost out of you," you know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So we we have a couple of we have a couple of early scares. There's a point where uh, the the first moment uh, after spending the day with Flora, Kate sees a ghost of a woman in the window and has a kind of muted reaction. Like <laughs> she seems like a little creeped out, but not like, I mean, she just saw a ghost, uh, you know what Hallie dreams about. Um, and then she, <laughs> then she, you know, there's a few other minor For all scares. You ghost listeners out there. You'd get a much better reaction from yours. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> Quit trying Hallie, to impress Mackenzie Davis. <laughs> yeah, Hallie, can you give us a taste? Can you give us a taste of what your ghost reaction would be like? <laughs> what? I don't know. That seems mm, like about the same, actually. And I, I know I just sprang it on you, but a ghost is going to spring it on I, you too. I can't so go all out. My baby is napping in the oh, other room. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> okay, like that. <laughs> yeah, like, she was biting her fingernails for everyone uh-huh. listening. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, she we she meets Miles, who's uh, the elder child. Uh, we talked about him a little bit. He's he's a little bit twisted. He's been expelled from school. <laughs> he's got a bad attitude. He sticks pins and mannequin boobs. You know, normal teenage boy stuff. Um, uh, Kate finds the diary of the former governess. Uh, so we get a little bit. She starts to do a little bit of detective work. Uh, there's a scene where. Uh, She's in uh, Miles' bedroom, or no, not even his bedroom. It's his like music room, and there's a moment with a spider that was pretty cool, right? A little trapdoor spider. Yeah, he just lets the spider crawl on his hand, and he's like, "Hey, man, I got a spider on my hand, basically." Mm-hmm. And then he, he he it's a CGI spider, and then he puts it in a tank, and a CGI trapdoor spider jumps out and eats it. Uh huh. It's and amazing. It's like, and you think this, this is gonna somehow be relevant to the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yeah, You're you waiting think the for movie's the scene gonna, yeah. yeah, you think the movie's going to end with Jake Gyllenhaal opening a bedroom door and there's just a giant spider there and that's the end of the movie and you're like, what? And that uh, guy's making what? Dune now. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, she then, uh, she hears Flora scream from outside and she runs to the window and sees Flora floating in the pool uh, a appearing to drown. So she runs outside, she jumps into the water, uh-oh, it's just a honeypot for the ghost because a ghost tries to grab her. She climbs out and then the kids are there laughing at her. Wait, was it a trick from the kids or a honeypot from the ghost? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Dan, what do you think? Uh, Well, I mean, 
the ghosts are possibly controlling the kids. In so, cahoots, you says know, McCoy. It could be like that gift that says, why not both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we get a couple more ghosts. Like, to be honest, a lot of this plot summary is just going to be like, ghost scare, ghost scare. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the opposite <clears throat> of House of the Devil, which is super scary, even though it's just a babysitter walking around a house for most of the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and without much happening, this is a babysitter or governor walking around a house with lots of jump scares. And you're like, all right, okay, where's the next one? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you, once again, she's walking around this big house and it's pretty clean and organized. And you would think, shouldn't there be more, like who's taking care of these fucking horses? <laughs> well, that's the right? things they mention. So one of the things that come up is that Quint, the, the old horse caper, uh, has died. Yeah. They didn't hire anyone else to take care. So I guess Mrs. Grosso was like, another thing to add to my to-do yeah, list. I'm already cleaning the house and cooking. I guess mm-hmm. I'll take care of the horses. Time to shovel out the stalls. Yeah, we get a little we get a little garden horse ride where uh, Kate is learning to ride a horse while Miles whips it a bunch. And it's just kind of like there's a strange power dynamic already going on here. And then they ride their horse to the koi pond where he then stomps on a fish, which is also <laughs> not cool. <laughs> Well, he's putting it out of its misery. It was it was being eaten by a raven? Yeah, that's true. Because you know what ravens big... love to eat is fish. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you see it all the time. Out of its... I mean, I'm sure a raven would eat some fish if it had the chance. Uh, I, just, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's ravens the kind of... Ravens right into, I would want a fish, care of Dan McCoy, if there any care any... of Hallie Hagland, <laughs> 123 Los Angeles there. Street. They can tell me whether, uh, you know, corvids uh, grab uh, fish from ponds or not, or whether that's not a thing that a raven would normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, Rodent will have an Instapol vote. That's so raven or that's not so raven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Thank God well, that road led somewhere, Elliot. Thank you. Wait, but also, also, another confusing detail. So it's like he stomps on this fish, and then she's like, Miles, why would you do that? And he's like, Nothing should have to suffer. So then you get the sense that that's gonna that's foreshadowing, and that yeah. line is gonna have something to do with the plot. It does not. It does not. No, that's true. No, like even if there was a even if there was an evil ghost inside him, at least like that sentiment isn't that evil. Like mm-hmm. you should think that this ghost is a good ghost. Um, okay, well we'll talk mm-hmm. about good ghosts later when we uh, review. Good, 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 good ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, so uh, there's a. <laughs> There's, Thank you, Hallie. There's a lot of sequences where... I'm having a dance <laughs> it's like I'm I'll take it. I'll take it. baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of sequences where she has a scare and then she wakes up and it's like, oh, it was just a dream. And then there's another scare and you're like, how many fucking nested dreams are we having? Like, mm-hmm. are we all in fucking killing Murphy's mind or something. What's happening? Uh, okay. So, uh, there's, uh, miles uh, makes a weird comment about how Kate has a sexy tattoo. And we learned that she has an Uraburos tattoo on the back of her neck, which depending on the time and where she got it, that might've been an illegal tattoo, right? Um, okay. A uh, legal tattoo. It's so, yeah. Tattooing wasn't legal in a lot like in New York until I think the mid nineties. Huh? Well, interesting. 
That's yeah, the most that's interesting thing Stu's I've heard. Stu's Tattoo Talk Corner. <laughs> oh, cool. Wow, I didn't know I was going to be impressing you guys with my uh, knowledge. Uh, write in, of course, was uh, that little knowledge drop raven or not so raven. Oh, um, well, it's going to confuse the other results, though. <laughs> oh, no, I poisoned the well. It's not really related but, to the raven but thing. But that's so raven a uh, colon tattoo issue in the in the <laughs> email. Wow, complicated. I mean, we could just start. We could start a new mailbox for this one, but I guess okay. We don't need to. <laughs> well, I didn't want to contradict. You know, we we have to yes and Elliot, <laughs> even if it's a confusing issue. That's fair. Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah. New York City banned tattooing from between 1961 and 1997. It says. Oh shit. Man, wow. you know, what do I do when I'm right? Because I'm not right very often on this podcast. <laughs> do I get, should I do a little dance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do it. Okay, uh, Dan. He's dancing. Start wait, playing okay, the music. he's up. <laughs> up wait, yep, oh, he's doing a Charleston. <laughs> uh, he's on the table. Yeah, okay, stop <laughs> waving that around. Okay, okay, the pants need to stay on, Stu. <laughs> All, right, All right, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so. The uh, dance really took a lot out of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so she's like, okay, this place is fucking weird. I got to get out of here. So she decides to take the kids on a little trip, and the kids are like, okay, but only if our, uh, you know, secret protector says we can go. Uh, and so they get in the car, and they're about to leave, and I was like, oh, great, we're going to have another location in this movie. <laughs> no, 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 not so fast. This is a cheap horror movie. Only one location. Um so they uh, can't leave. Uh, Flora starts to have what appears to be some kind of a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And then Miles gets very aggressive, which is, again, not cool. Did we mention that their their parents died in an accident right by the gate? That uh, that this is perhaps the source of... Like, this is, this is at least an explanation that. for her uh, panic attack. Uh, although, you know, this being a horror movie... You know, it's also kind of a red herring where you're like, is this person kept here through some ghostly mm-hmm. means? Like, yeah. why why can't she leave? A red herring being pecked at by a raven. Maybe mm-hmm. right into that's so raven or that's not so raven. <laughs> Care of Dan McCoy. Let us uh-huh. know. Okay, so, you know, uh, Kate's Kate's pretty shaken up. Uh, shook up? Shaken? Shaken? Sh- shooken? Shaken. Uh, Whatever. Uh, let me check with let me check with Elvis. He says all shook up. Okay. okay. <laughs> so she, you know, she's having a little bit of a crisis. She is talking to her friend, her former roommate, uh, and the stakes are pretty clear at this point. They lay him out that she could just bail and go back to her old life. She could go back to her old uh, living situation, or she could try and stay there and help the kids and the ghosts. Uh, so she decides to try and make up with Flora and Miles. Two mixed results, I would say. <laughs> Because she pinkies, she made a promise, cross mm. her heart, hope to die with Flora, that she would stay. Now, as somebody who doesn't spend much time with children, that kind of a promise seems like garbage to me. Yeah, well, it's legally yeah. binding in kids' court. Oh. Kids, kids break court, those legal. promises all the time. That's what okay? I'm saying. Oh, I, I've, I think five times today I've made an agreement with my three, three-year-old, and then he's immediately gone back on it. The kids are, mm-hmm. yeah, they're weasels, you know. <laughs> They'll say anything and they'll do anything. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they're wild. Okay, so round uh, them up, lock them up. That's what I say. Kids, <laughs> what's Put them the in matter kid with the kids today? Finally, she yeah. starts to do a little bit more detective work on uh, what is it, Miss Jessup? Is that the former governor? Miss Jessel. Go- Jessel, uh, who, des- descendant. We have to assume of Georgia Jessel, one yeah, of the great old billion. time comedians. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> who who has gone missing and Quint. I mean, Georgie Jessel has long since died. No yeah. one's looking for him. Oh, you mean Miss Jessel? Yes, <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that me getting a fact right has inspired Elliot to correct me on all my facts. Uh, Quint uh, 
the you know the now dead groundskeeper stable master. So she's doing some detective work on these this pair, but really not that much other than we find out that uh, Miss Jessel was frightened of Quint, that he was a threatening presence, and that we'll learn that he is what uh, abusive, assaultive, mm-hmm. a murderer. <clears throat> um, All okay. the above. Yeah. If the ghosts are to be believed, there's a bunch more ghost dreams. She decides it's to play a game of fucking hide far and seek into the movie. Yeah, it's, it's like basically. Far in. Yeah, like these people are supposed to be the crux of the whole movie, and we like just sort of learned who Quint was. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I got to admit, you know, I've I read the Turn of the Screw, you know, back in college, and I saw the Innocence. Last year, I think, uh, which was maybe the second time I've seen it in my life. So I've had at least some grounding in other, like like the original and adaptations of this. But I don't know that it would be very clear to me what the deal was with these two characters, these uh, missing, you know, like other uh, servants. If I if I didn't have that background, oh I yeah, the I, movies I agree. Does it, it, it's. Uh, yeah. It's not a movie that is welcoming to people who don't already know the story of the movie. I mean, to be honest, if you didn't already know the story, you might not even know it was a ghost movie until yeah. Yeah. very far into it. Yeah, it it. I mean, I feel like one of the things this movie suffers from is that we're comparing almost everything to other uh, interpretations of it, uh, other adaptations, and it. It just doesn't stack up. Uh, so she, let's see. Uh, oh. Uh, this is this is a you know she decides to play a game of hide and seek. She gets scared a bunch. She gets a bloody nose. I mean, this is the sort of thing where you're like, this is Ghost House 101. Like at this point, why are you playing hide and seek? <laughs> um, I totally want to see a show you host now, Stuart, called Ghost House 101, mm-hmm. where you're you. It's like a haunted house competition show. Yeah, I mean, obviously the first lesson is like, oh yeah, you got some spooky ghost stuff. <laughs> Just. Go stay in a hotel. If the ghost follows you, then we'll, that's a different kind of ghost. We can deal with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... If there's a big stain on the wall, don't look in there. Or maybe do if the ghost wants you to do something with their bones. Yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard to know that until you go into the room. And I, uh-huh. Now I can see the commercials there where you, it's this ghost house 101. And Stuart goes, class is in session. And that's how, <laughs> that's how the commercial ends. If you find you the ghost's it... bones... Have somebody you don't like deal with them first in case mm-hmm. putting them into the stain on the wall causes a negative result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you that's... think you know what the ghost wants. Almost always you don't know what the ghost wants. Not until ghosts, the third act. <laughs> they're ve- Yeah, they're very hard to predict. Uh, after the fact, it seems like they could have just told you the thing that they wanted, <laughs> but they don't want to do that. Ghosts love head games. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have, yeah, do you yeah. guys have the same experience I Gotta had? Gotta go when to therapy. <laughs> when I went on, yeah. Maybe it's a ghost therapy show, Stuart. Maybe you're a therapist who deals with ghosts. The hardest no, part is getting them to ghost, communicate clearly. Why do you find it so hard to ask for the things you need, ghosts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is all great stuff. Let's let's start TMing mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, write it up. By the so, way, Elliot, if you said that already, uh, <laughs> every once in a while you keep cutting out. So mm-hmm. we just have to play a game where we guess what you're saying. I know. My internet connection today is not so great. You've been doing a great job so far. Have you guys – did you guys have the experience I had on the Haunted Mansion ride as a kid? 
where at the end you look into a trick mirror and there's a ghost in the car with you. And it says, oh, he's going to be going home with you. And I was young enough that I thought a ghost might be following us the rest of the day. And it really spooked me out. And it was until years later that I was like, <laughs> there's no way a successful theme park is just going to be throwing ghosts at people. Like, there's no way. Hold on a second. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, there's no way a successful ghost would want to come home with me. He has his own. <laughs> yeah, he's got his own stuff. No, you don't know with ghosts. Like you were saying, you don't know and they're not very clear in their communications yeah. that you never know what they want. But it was like, you know what? If this theme, if this ride was really sending ghosts after people, they'd probably shut it down. They'd probably change it to something else. They'd run out of ghosts. Um, yeah. So limited resources, <laughs> so is what we're saying. They're, like, they're having a meeting. The Imagineers are having a meeting. They're like, we're low on ghosts, everybody. The, the attendance <laughs> has been very high this year. We don't have enough ghosts. We've we got to shut down the ride. murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> That's one answer? Okay, at least someone's giving me solutions and not just problems. <laughs> so she gets a package in the mail, uh, opens that. It's from her mom. Of course, it's filled with some spooky art that is basically just like a lot of charcoal smeared on a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was going to be something, too, because it had all these holes in it. And I was like, oh, I bet she made those holes with a screw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> <A> famous screw. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, then, oh, and then in okay. Planet Hollywood, you could see you could see the screw, a famous screw from the turn of the screw. Uh-huh. Yep, right next to uh, my Bruno sunglasses. So... Uh, <laughs> Your okay. Bruno sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. Worn by Stuart Wellington. <laughs> yep, Bruce Willis is actually just Stuart's alter ego, just like Bruno <laughs> yeah. is Bruce Willis's alter ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to, I, have to uh, I was bitten by a radioactive egg, so I turned into Bruce Willis on a full <laughs> Okay. So uh, she, of course, uh, follows a ghost to a pond, and she finds Miss Jessel's dead body in the pond. She's like, ah, it's time to get the fuck out of here. So she goes back to the house where she witnesses a ghostly assault, where she watches ghost Quint uh, strangle uh, ghost Miss Jessel. And then uh, ghost Quint starts to attack her and then uh, pushes uh, Miss Gross, Gross, Groza, uh, over it's the gross. balcony. I gross, don't know yeah. why Elliot has reinvented the pronunciation of this. Yeah, I think just because the way it's spelled. Seem. Just because the way it's spelled. Yeah. So uh, I, mean, Mrs. I do want gross the character gets, to be more interesting than she is. She, Mrs. Mm. Gross is just a bit on the nose as a character <laughs> in, in a horror movie. She gets pushed over the balcony. Hello, which, I'm I'm your boss, Mister Spooks. Okay. <laughs> well, she so she gets pushed over the balcony, and we get like a kind of fun little stunt, uh, uh, and then. Kate runs through the house. She tries to get the kids to join her um, and uh, escape the grounds. But then as she's, uh, as she's what, driving up to the front gate, it cuts back to her opening the package with her mom's artwork. Yeah. So that stuff was all, I guess, a dreamer in her head. Yeah, what the fuck? Is it more interesting to read it as something that did happen, but the house has kind of caught her in some sort of loop of yes. existence? Yes, because that is it, it much is, more it interesting. Is, it does feel, because I had the same feeling when I was reading, watching it. I was like, oh, okay, so she imagined all the ghost stuff and the exciting stuff while she was looking at this charcoal yeah, drawing maybe, full of holes. Maybe it's a commentary on uh, the power of, uh, powerful effects of art can have on people. Like I know when you go to the museum, don't you stare into the paintings and then imagine a whole lifetime of experiences? <laughs> I imagine Very much so. Escaping some ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> imagine yeah, trying the, to it, escape a ghost house. I mean, think it's about like, like Star- her tattoo. 
It never Thank ends. You. Thank yeah. you. Right. Oh, Thank you know you. what? This is a great movie. It makes sense. I mean, <laughs> so you're saying, Stuart, this, has, this is more of a vel- velvet buzzsaw type reading of the movie where it's uh, art that's so powerful that it kills. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a movie I liked. This um, is okay. more of a velveteen <laughs> rabbit yeah, of a movie. I liked that movie. Well, uh-huh. I was just talking about that movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically what like a final destination movie, uh, but su- like but with a lot of uh, good actors in it, uh, and not quite as fun as a final destination. Whatever. Um, okay, so uh, then uh, she tries to run over to the kids and be like, "We got to get out of here. This is a ghost house. Let's break out." And the kids are like, "What are you talking about?" Um, and she just comes off as appearing like very unhinged. And then uh, while this realization is hitting her, she then wakes up. She is now in the mental hospital with her mother where her mother is scritching away on her charcoal Well, they board. zoom into her eye. I wouldn't say that she wakes up. There's a zoom into her eye where she is with her mom in like this sort of black space. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm sure that uh, clarification is going to help the list. Well, I don't. I, it's not like well, she no, I, woke I, I, up. I, it's not a yeah. dream. Like it is I different. Dan, this is Stu. You're, I feel like Stu. You're you're imposing a, an explanation onto sure. a scene that is very unclear in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you guys are both right. Um, and then she <laughs> she approaches she approaches her mother who is scritching away uh, with charcoal, and then her mother turns and she uh, freaks out. Uh, is it because it's not her mother? It's her. Who knows. Maybe her we mom don't just know. looks extra twisted. Because we don't see her mother's face. We see uh-huh. her, the back of her mother's head and Kate mm-hmm. screams and then the movie's over. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. So what did I, I had to rewatch that little bit of thing because I was like, did I miss something while I was doing the dishes? Oh, no, mm-hmm. it's exactly that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the trunk of the car from Repo Man. Well, it's kind of, I mean, like the movie seems to sort of be doing, so Okay. It's playing off the ambiguity ambiguity of Turn of the Screw, right? It's playing off like, is there a ghost? Is she uh, having a mental breakdown? Um, and it's trying to do, I feel like, a Lady and the Tiger ending where we see both things happen. You know, like, like what uh-huh. if we made a movie of the Lady and the Tiger and, and we see the lady behind one door and then we see the tiger behind the same door, except for the way that movies work, uh, the chronology you know like the thing that we see last takes precedence right so like that's that's the clue principle yeah the last ending of clue is the real one yeah the movie seems to be landing on the idea that she is you know has some sort of dementia like her mom and then like that last bit is kind of representing her like being terrified like that it's true that like she is the thing that she was fearing, but it's it's it it it's so confusing the way the movie does yeah. it. Now, but, they, if, but that only would have made sense if they had set it up the whole time that like every spooky thing was seen through her eyes, and it wasn't. Like there were tons of events where she would close a door, like like when she sees the uh, grandmother mannequin and she like puts it in the other room, and then she closes the door, and she's not witnessing when the mannequin like moves alone. True. So it's like we already believe that this house is haunted. So how can we also believe that, you know, it's either both, but, or, or she didn't go crazy, but it's I mean, not maybe, that she just went crazy. Maybe the movie does want to have it both ways where it is a haunted house and she is mentally unstable and is yeah. going mad and it's all like, or here's another, okay, here's another, here's another explanation. Here's okay. where, I, where I get my no prize from the makers mm. of the turning. Uh, 
the reason that that mannequin turns its head like that when she's not in the room is because she's actually telekinetic. There's no ghosts, but she is creating all these things with her mind. She's both imagining it and making it real at the same time. Well, uh, Marvel Comics can send me my no prize. I know this is not a Marvel Comics story. It's Uh a movie made by other people based on a Henry James story, but uh, they can send it to me uh, at my address, which is... Is that so Raven or is that not so Raven? Care of Dan's yep. house, mm-hmm. uh, one two three Fake Street, Hollywood America. <laughs> oh uh, boy, four five six nine thousand. This is gonna 000, get so confusing. Now, like if you had seen the movie Clue in the movie theater and you only got one of the endings, would you have felt a little ripped off or no? Well, what that's, do you think? That's apparently what kept a lot of people from seeing Clue in the theaters is that they advertised there are three different endings. These are the theaters where ending A is playing. This is where eighth. Ending B is playing. This ending C is playing, and people were like, "I don't want to get the bad ending. I'm just not going to see this stupid movie." And so yeah. they, mm-hmm. it did hurt Clue quite a bit, you know. Uh, and it wasn't until it was on TV and on video that they included all the endings, and people were like, "Oh, that's funny." <laughs> 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 so, um, we've reached the end of this, you know, pretty simple uh, film. A well, simple lines, little ghost tale. Yeah. Uh, so, I think I think uh, it's a movie that is. It's reaching towards ambiguity, and it manages to instead reach only confusion. Is that how you guys felt about it? Well, certainly in that, like, I, I, I fine, you know, do your ambiguous ending where it's like, okay, one thing happens, and then it's revealed to maybe be a fantasy and and uh, just the product of her mind. But then to, like, add a third thing where it's like, let's zoom into her eye, and like, she screams at someone whose face we do not see. <laughs> That's the part that adds just a little extra cherry of like, yeah. wait, why did you do it that way? Uh-huh. <laughs> do you th- like how how many times do you think they had to go back and punch this movie up? Because like it feels like the movie wanted to, to add be jokes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious how much extra work had to go in to make it hilarious. Yeah, Pat Oswalt was in a room somewhere like pitching ADR. Oh yeah, editions. Yeah. Hey, I'm a ghost. Don't close that door. Oops, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh man, he'd be great at that. Uh, no, but the like, I feel like there's definitely scenes where they were like, okay, go back, add a ghost to that mirror. Yeah, add a ghost to the put a ghost behind her. <laughs> that was the scariest stuff. Was was only like the ghost in the mirror, the ghost behind her, the ghost in the wall. Uh, that was the only stuff that was scary. There's one I part did, I liked a lot actually, where there's that ghost hand that keeps crawling onto her shoulder. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. it did look a little bit like thing from the Adams family, but it was. But I thought that was it. The when you when you realize that that hand was not connected to anything, that was yeah. really creepy to me. But otherwise, yeah, it's mostly what's that in that mirror? And there was one point at the end where. It was like she got scared at something in a mirror, but I could not – I didn't see the ghost. So I thought it was the ladder that was scaring her, and then she looks <laughs> again, and the ladder wasn't there. And I was like, so is it a dead ladder that's haunting her? Like, I don't know. She realized that, that point- she walked under that ladder earlier, and, you know, oh, all the I bad see. luck was terrifying her. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what do you guys think of the ghost effects? So, like, the most the most ghostly part of the movie. <laughs> Mostly ghostly, yeah. Uh, was the was the scene where Ghost Quint is strangling uh, Ghost Miss uh, Jessel. Uh, and it was, I, I was not a huge fan of these ghost effects. They were, like, very, uh, I don't know, like, blurry. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't know, yeah, just, 
Like, I guess if I was in the room and that was happening, I would be pretty scared. <laughs> you certainly uh, would be. The goosebumps. You certainly would be. The goosebumps uh, theory. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess if I was in a room and some blurry, a blurry guy was strangling a blurry woman, I'd be like a little weirded out. But I'd, I'd be, be like, like let me see it. <laughs> let me see it. <laughs> it just, it is like, um, like the like a Dave McKean cover for an issue of Sandman, where it's like, okay, this is like a blurry picture of something. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, especially at the end when Quint's ghost is kind of chasing after them and it looked like you'd, they'd taken a picture of like Lemmy from Motorhead and just kind of smeared chicken grease on the lens and we're, mm-hmm. and we're just, it was, that was chasing <laughs> them around. It was, all I could make out was that it was a man with a mustache that was, you know, hard to see. I didn't uh, was think, that, I only yeah. thought, the only thing that I thought was scary was when they would show Miss Jessel just like. She would walk. The Kate would walk by, and Miss Jessel would be like, her drowned body would be uh-huh. looming or something. Like those, those mm-hmm. quick optic things were scary to me. But, but the yeah, like seeing the assaulter and stuff was not particularly yeah. effective. Yeah, <laughs> and that's coming from somebody who wants to see ghosts. I would yeah. love. I'm here. I'm your audience. And again, show us, show us again, Hallie, how you'd react to that ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's chewing on the fingers again. Okay. Ah, good stuff. Okay. Well, is this? Let's do our final judgments. Uh, yeah. Why not? Oh, and it's Shocktober, so I'm pulling them out of the closet. The old Shocktober judgment categories. Okay. Is that? Wait. Let's hear a spooky closet this sound. Is great. As this you, is great. As you pull out the closet. Yeah. Yep. So was this movie? Wait. T- wait. Okay. That was the closet opening. Okay. Is this movie totally scarifying? Was it totally snorifying, mm-hmm. or was it frighteningly funny? Oh. And again, these are terrible, terrible categories that are confusing. Um, I want to say, like, for a, a large part of this movie, I was like, this isn't so so bad, honestly. Like, I, it it is definitely just kind of like pro forma ghost movie making, uh, but... I like Mackenzie Davis a lot. The the kid from um, uh, Florida Project, whose name I forget, Brooklyn something. Uh, Brooklyn Prince, I think is her name. Very very good uh, child actor. I've liked Finn Wolfhard and things. Like I think that the movie looks pretty good, even though there's the blurry ghost smeariness of it. But I the it's just it really falls apart <laughs> more and more as it goes along. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's like reaching for being a better horror movie and not just like forgettable schlock. Cause why would you choose, oh, we're going to adapt turn of the screw if you were just gonna, you know, cash in on making a horror movie, but it, it doesn't make it there. So I go, I guess I'll go with snorifying. Yeah, I think I'm gonna back you up on that one, Dan. I think it was pretty snorifying. It like it's stylish. It it I I get the feeling like it was a a project that they're like, hey, we have the rights to this. Let's remake it. It's a horror movie. It's pretty easy. And the uh, the director tried to had a specific vision, or the screenwriter had a specific vision, and they I think they gave it their go, but I don't I don't think it really worked out. Like it's it it's stylish. It, I think they tried to go at least at one point. We're trying to go for the the psychological like woman is losing her mind uh, take on the story, but it I think it ended up being kind of a mess. I just want to say uh, off of that, uh, I did do some background reading 
the reason this originally got put into you know development was Steven Spielberg wanted to do a new Turn of the Screw adaptation, and I don't know whether he ended up being involved with the version that finally got made. I, but like it has a a, a pedigree. Like there were like yeah. they, you know, that's where it came from. Anyway, Elliot. No, I agree. Uh, I agree with both of you guys. I think when as the first half of the movie, I was like, okay, this is fine. Like this is a fine, straightforward kind of. But if you, if I had never seen a horror movie before, if I was like a if it was a sleepover, if I was a teenager at a sleepover, then I could be like, oh, oh, this is fun. But then it kind of, it went off the rails and in terms of confusion, and it just becomes very one note. So yeah, I would have to call it snorifying, but it's fine sleepover fodder for. 15-year-olds, 14-year-olds, I don't know, 7-year-olds? Probably not 7-year-olds, but uh, <laughs> something like that. Hallie, what do you think? Wow. I hated this movie way more than you guys did. <laughs> wow. This movie was offensive to me. I feel like the fact that it did look good and the fact that it had big people in it made it all the more offensive because it was like when you watch something that's really popular with a bunch of people and you're like, I don't get it. Why does everybody else like this? It's like this, this, you know, the patina of should be good that completely Mm -hmm. obscures that like nobody put any thought or any effort into making this like, like all of the flaws of it are, are things that could have totally been avoided if, if any effort were put in it. it, I don't even understand. You know, it's like, there's no plot. It doesn't matter where you <laughs> dip in or where you end the film or where you start the film because it's all just like this like sh- shitty mood piece sort of that mm-hmm. like the the chain of events ha- has no coherence. And like it, it, it makes me mad that, that whoever made it was like, well, we can get away with it as long as we like put some big stars in it and like the wardrobe is good and – Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. have some cool music. So I I was deeply offended. It was more than horrifying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, this is, you know, <laughs> I think Hallie represents more probably the general audience member out there who has not been numbed by <laughs> by so many bad movies like the three of us have. But at least, like, you know what it left me thinking? Because I also watched That Awkward Moment with you guys. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. loved that movie. You thought the it was McKin- amazing. It made me think it was even better. Because I was like, there's a movie <laughs> Mackenzie Davis should be doing, which she was in. I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. now that's quality. Because at least at least some stuff that we watched that's really bad. Even movies that I've said I didn't like on this are at least weird and bad. Like, this isn't even mm-hmm. weird. This is just no. stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we almost I, broke a Hallie. I'm, you know, Hallie, I, if, if ever the the movie that I, I did is not the movie I expected you to get so mad at, but yeah. You know. I, but, and it made me think that that movie, the the Louise, uh, the the Lindley. the Steve Mnuchin's wife movie that yeah, we watched last madness, time was like yeah. way better than I gave it credit for. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wow. add it to the box. Well, <laughs> Way better than I gave it credit for Raves, Hallie yeah. Haglin. <laughs> and then on, on that awkward moment, it says, Mackenzie Davis should be doing this, Hallie <laughs> Haglin. <laughs> Upon seeing worse movies, I realized it wasn't so bad. Excuse me, everybody. I just uh, wanted to say a few words about the beautiful couple. 
I've known you two for a long time, and you get along like peanut butter and chocolate. Or, you know, like like uh, comedy and culture, like uh, Maximum Fun podcasts. <laughs> Actually, they're having a block party from October 11th to October 22nd, and that's kind of like your party, right? You have a community of friends and family, and... Max Fun has a community of shows and audiences that support them. You're having a new start with your life together, and Max Fun will be putting out new episodes that are especially welcoming to new audiences. So it's a great time to introduce your friends to your favorite show or jump into one you haven't tried Is before. He still talking about podcasts? And they're setting up a volunteer event where we can help out our local communities. Plus, Maximum Fun is going to have games, prizes, Episode Rex, so much other fun stuff. What's wrong with Kyle? Is he okay? Oh! <laughs> anyways, anyways, sorry for getting carried away there. If it's all right with everybody here, let's all raise our glasses for a toast to the Max Fun Block <sighs> Party, which you can learn more about at MaximumFun.org slash Block Party, and don't forget to join in on October 11th. Actually, that... That sounds pretty cool. Hey, the Flophouse is sponsored in part by Storyblocks. Storyblocks makes it possible for creators to keep up with the growing demands for modern video content so you can bring all your stories to life and stop sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. Storyblocks Unlimited All Access Plan gives you unlimited downloads of the over 1 million plus assets in their library. You can try out multiple options quickly and find the perfect fit so you can create more and spend less. Restock is their commitment to increase representation in stock media by hiring creators from marginalized communities to create content that is more reflective of the diverse world we live in. Stay on budget while telling the best version of your story with the most affordable subscription plans and tools on the market that scale to meet your needs. Um, for the Super Mario Brothers show, which unfortunately uh, is by the time you listen to this, you will no longer be able to uh, uh, watch it. Uh, you snows and you lows. I'm mm -hmm. I'm sorry to say, but uh, I did another uh, intermission. Uh, a little video. I used all Storyblocks um, uh, stock footage, confident and comfortable knowing that this is stock footage that I had access to, didn't have to pay extra for, uh, could find whatever I wanted for whatever silly idea I had, and uh, it was a great experience. So mm -hmm. you too can explore their library and subscribe today at storyblocks.com slash flop. That's storyblocks.com slash flop. The Flophouse is also sponsored in part by Smalls. Uh, give your feline friend protein-packed meals they'll crave with Smalls. Now, Smalls is uh, fresh, human-grade uh, cat food delivered right to your door. Uh, all cats are carnivores. They need fresh, protein-packed meals. Uh, conventional cat food is made using low-quality, cheap meat byproducts, grains, and starches coated in artificial flavors. No thank you. Uh, with the help of cat nutritionists, now I'm assuming that's humans uh, who are trained in uh, cat nutrition and not cats who are nutritionists, but I, it's not clear. Let's not assume. Smalls develops com uh, complete and balanced recipes for all life stages. 
Give your cat what it needs. Their Small's recipes are gently cooked to lock in protein, vitamins, minerals, and moisture. Better quality ingredients means a better, healthier life for your cat. Since switching to Small's, cats have experienced improved digestion and less smelly litter box. Right, Dan? Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, Softer and shinier coats plus better breath. Yeah. Yeah. So just go over and take a short quiz on smalls.com slash flop to customize your sampler. And then if you use the code flop, you get a total of 30% off of your first order. That's right. That's smalls.com slash flop with code flop. Yeah. And I also have a Jumbotron to read. That's right. Jumbotron. It's the biggest Tron there is. Jumbo, 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 jumbo. Oh, where'd Elliot go? Jumbo, jumbo, jumbo. Oh, he's back. Doppler effect. I was falling down a cliff. Sorry. It was on a merry go round. I'm back around now, though. This is a message from Angela, and it says To my husband, Genji. Happy second wedding anniversary. Sad we can't be together on the actual day, but I'm pretty sure you'll save the Flophouse episodes for us to listen to together. Even though 75% of our marriage has been during a pandemic, it's been a beautiful journey. Here's to adventures with our newborn. Love, Angela. Aw. How sweet. That's adorable. That's really nice. Thank you uh, uh, for getting a Jumbotron. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, you can uh, go to Maximum Fun dot org slash jumbotron and uh there are different rates whether you have a personal or a business message but uh that's how you do it and uh now we should just get back to the show unless you have elliot you looks like you have something to plug i'd love to plug one thing uh longtime listeners will know or just fans of me will know that i recently had a series from aftershock comics called maniac of new york it's a horror slasher comic with a little bit of a satirical edge that's right uh it's a little bit of a uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, but better. Anyway, uh, the trade paperback collection of the first five-issue series will be coming out mid-October, I think October 13th. But I'm not sure about that. Ask at your local comic book store. And there's a second series coming out soon, issue number one of volume two. It's called Maniac of New York. The Bronx is Burning is now available for pre-order. So go to your local comic book store and tell them, I want Maniac of New York, The Death Train, which is the trade paperback of the series that came out already and i want issue number one of maniac of new york the bronx is burning that's that's what i had to plug and on the subject of uh of comic books uh right up now depending on when you're listening to this but uh at least for the time being there is a kickstarter going on for the psycho Goreman uh comic book magazine which i have contributed a uh a short story to which character did I write about? Of course, the character I did the voice of, the iconic hero of the movie, <laughs> Tube Man. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, if you want uh, some uh, space terror uh, for, with a host of amazing creators and me, uh, you can go check that out at yeah, Kickstarter. I, Just look up Psycho Goreman. I contributed mm-hmm. to that Kickstarter because I wanted to see too. that story from Stu. Yay, mm-hmm. bring my dream man, to please. life. <laughs> <laughs> Let us move on to letters from listeners, listeners like you, the listener, circular like the Ouroboros on her neck. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Eric, last name withheld. And Eric writes, just after I listened to your Boss Baby episode on which you asked uh, what an orchestra contractor is, I happened to read this piece, and there's a link, in Polygon about the Fellowship of the Ring score. To quote it, 
orchestra contractor Isabel Griffiths was responsible for finding musicians for the unusual instruments composer Howard Shore hoped to use. So they're basically casting directors for the musicians uh, musicians recording the score. So that mystery is solved. But uh, Eric also has a question. I would like to increase my awareness of world horror cinema. Are there any particular films or directors off the beaten path that you would recommend? Did the Czech New Wave ever venture into genre territory? Um, uh, I would like to... One that came to mind uh, was... Uh, is it pronounced Vi? I don't, it's spelled Vi. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? V? Uh, v? The uh, V-I-Y. V-I-Y the, uh, it's a Russian horror it's movie. The Aliens with Mark Singer? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a Russian <laughs> horror movie. It's from uh, 67. Um, I think it was 1967, the f- not 67 AD. Yeah, I think it was the first. They weren't making movies then. <laughs> they didn't even have a Russia then. It was the first horror movie to be made in Russia. It's uh, sort of derived from Russian folk tales, and it it's a you know someone has to. The rest Stay is just it. life in Russia. Am I right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, a priest has to... Horror uh, prov- <laughs> movies you. In America, movies scare you. In Russia, we scare movies. <laughs> there's, there's a witch that has died, and a priest has to uh, watch over her three nights in a row uh, in the tomb, and uh, things get uh, nuttier and nuttier over those nights. It's a very, like... For 1967, it has very impressive effects, I think, and it has sort of some of the same spirit that you see in something like Evil Dead 2 or Haosu, where it's just like, let's throw a lot of stuff at the screen. It it takes a little more to warm up than those movies, which are gonzo all the way through. But it's a it's a very fun <laughs> movie if you want to look for like a classic foreign horror movie. And it is on Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, oh, what are you grinning about, Hallie? You're laughing at me. I'm just imagining Gonzo in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Throwing I mean, chickens at you. Yeah, I mean, do you think it's one of those movies? It's him and Camilla, and they checked into like a haunted hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's, I mean, there's a lot of countries that have long horror traditions, whether it's Japan, uh, you know, South Korea has uh, a long tradition of great, uh, like, slashers and thrillers, super violent stuff. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of Italian filmmakers, whether it's, you know, your uh, your zombie movies or your giallos or whatever. And then there's, of course, the the whole French wave of, uh, of like, torture, uh, mm. as, like, New extreme French horror. Yeah, the ex- extreme French horror stuff, if you like the really gross stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a ton of great stuff out there. Uh, and also, I feel like I feel like Shudder is a really good resource, actually, because they uh, they have such a well-curated collection of uh, stuff from all over the place, uh, especially uh, a lot of foreign language stuff that you might not normally see. Elliot, do you have, do you uh, have any Czech yes. New Wave horror? Specifically addressing Czech New Wave, uh, the two things – I mean I don't know all the Czech New Wave movies, but the ones that most clearly to me are like horror movies is – one is a movie I recommended on the podcast a while back called The Cremator, which is not a supernatural horror movie but is a person being driven into murderous madness type of horror movie. And there's this very ominous uh, atmosphere to it. And there's also Valerie uh, and her Week of Wonders 
uh, where it's sometimes called Valerie's Week of Wonders or sometimes just Valerie in the Week of Wonders. And that is more of a uh, dreamlike kind of horror movie where there's like a vampire rat man and this girl who is uh, approaching like maturity and dealing with all sorts of dreamlike things. That's more of a – it's not one of my favorites, but it's a – that's more – it's a little both more straightforward horror and also stranger. Uh, and there's also – if you just want short stuff, there's uh, the animator Jan Spankmeyer – who oh, yeah. stuff is not specifically horror, but it is very scary. And he uh, came out of that that same world uh, of Czech filmmaking at the time. And he was he's been working, you know, for decades and decades and decades, and uh, has a lot of scary shorts and features to his name. So those are the ones from the Czech New Wave I'd recommend. Uh, the Cremator is the one of those that I like the most, I think. Although I like uh, Svankmeyer's stuff a lot. He has a lot of good stuff too. Uh, do you have anything, Hallie? If not, we can. No. Yeah, it was almost as wistful as when you said you hadn't seen a ghost. Um, well, okay, there's one more letter from Gwen, last name withheld, who writes, I write to you today about how Elliot's Star Wars trivia saved me money. Yes, mm. real money. My girlfriend and I stopped by. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like uh, something I'm supposed to like invest in now. It saved <laughs> yeah. me real money, and we'll tell you how. My girlfriend and I stopped by a merchant booth at a local convention, and the dealer had a game of geeky trivia set up with the prize for a correct answer being a 5% discount. Though not a Star Wars trivia expert myself, I picked that category specifically because the vendor warned me it was the hardest one they had. Oh. My question was, who was the male Aqualish thug that partnered with Dr. Evazan, uh, became a successful smuggler, and bullied Luke Skywalker in a bar on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. You know it, Panda Beba, baby. Yeah, out of the four <laughs> possible answers, I chose Panda Beba because it was the only one I could remember hearing Elliot talk about on the show. And uh-huh. because of that angelic voice singing with nasal sweetness in the back of my mind, I won. So oh, don't give our favorite. Be careful with uh, who you pick to be friends is <laughs> the story of Panda Baba. Don't <laughs> give <laughs> yeah, that's our true. favorite walking wiki article too much guff. His antics might someday save you some cash. Sincerely, Gwen, last name withheld. You know what? Elliot, uh, I don't know that Elliot saved me cash, but his antics certainly have uh, helped make me money. So, uh, yeah. By getting you jobs. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So you see Elliot, you know, I don't know, rub his head for luck. I don't know what I'm saying. No, my hair is already falling out. Don't do that. but here's the thing about Panda Beba. The guy is uh-huh. already dealing with the with the hard fact that his face looks like a butt and he can't speak basic English. Uh, he has to he has to be interpreted through his friend Doctor Evazan, who is not a reliable narrator. No. So he just got to feel bad for the guy. Now he's got one less hand. Uh, poor guy. Poor walrus face. You know. Yeah. That's what I say too. Cool. Poor walrus face. Or, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's my other catchphrase. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. That, the song from uh, the song from Oklahoma. Poor walrus face is dead. <laughs> Just claiming catchphrases. Uh, okay. Well, let's cap this episode off with recommendations of movies um, that you could watch that are better than The Turning. Let's say. Uh, mm. uh-huh. Is that possible? Just, just last night, We're I watched the out. original The Fly. From 1958, uh, starring Vincent Price and two more generic people in the actual leads of the movie. And, uh, you know, it's it's a very silly movie in a lot of ways. Like, it seems like the first 
half an hour is just uh, the scientist transporting various things from one side of the room to the you other. You have to remember, Dan, back then transportation technology was new. <laughs> yeah, now we have exciting. transporters and it's like whatever. You know, let's use them yeah. to assassinate Jesus or something. But back then it was a totally new technology. So. Yeah. I, well, there are a lot of filigrees in the story that aren't necessarily necessary. Like it's all, it all has like this like framing device of like, why did uh, this woman kill her husband? And it turns out, uh, spoiler alert, it's because he's the fly, the titular <laughs> fly. Uh-huh. Uh, but Is there a part where uh, after getting mushed together with a fly, the dude gets a little bit sexier? Uh, I mean, it depends on what you like. Do you like a big, hairy, sort of, like, claw hand and yeah. uh, big fly eyes? Uh-huh. Okay, well, then, yes, he got sex here. Awesome. <laughs> Just like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, but even with the silliness of it, it is, it's a very, like, I found it also very sad. <laughs> like, it's an inherently sad story of, like, this person who's, like... You know, like trying just to, you know, come up with a new invention, makes one mistake, like sees how he's, you know, devolving, sees how like, you know, he can no longer be the husband he wants to be, like hope draining away. It's is as goofy as it is. It also is strangely effective as a horror movie. And I had always remembered, I saw it once before, I had always remembered it as being a black and white movie, but I was wrong. It is in glorious Technicolor. It's actually mm-hmm. very pretty. Uh, that way. Um, so uh, if you've never seen it, if you or if you've only seen the remake, check out the original The Fly. It's 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 fun. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, and this isn't a horror movie. Uh, uh, I uh, next week I'm going to visit uh, my friend Elliot in Los Angeles, and so Woo! to prepare for that, Woo! I watched uh, I watched a movie from 1985 directed by William Friedkin called To Live mm. and Die in L.A. That's exactly uh, what my life is like out here, Stu, so I'm glad you watched that. You Now you'll be ready for it. Uh, it's, yeah, it's great. Um, it, you know, it, like, it's all the things that people say about it are true. The soundtrack by Wang Chung totally rips. The car <laughs> chase is incredible. Like, I remember, like, uh, I, you know, I was watching this movie this morning while very hungover and it got to the car chase scene at first. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. This, this is pretty good, I guess. And then, you know, a couple minutes in, I'm like, I audibly said, I love movies. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's just fucking great, man. And like, you get to see Willem Dafoe hanging out in a gym, working out. It's awesome. Watch that shit. <laughs> That's that movie. Uh, I recently rewatched it, and it's like the movie is so to watch a movie set in a world with almost no morality. It feels yes. like, or like uh, where the characters are so morally compromised the entire way through. Like it's such it's a bracing movie. That way, yeah, yeah. You you don't know who to root for, and they're all constantly fucking up. It's great. Yeah, and uh, and it's and it, it's a world where the the villain is constantly going to uh, an art dance uh, show that his girlfriend's performing in. <laughs> That's oh, great. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he's super supportive. He's a great supportive boyfriend. The bad guy character that is a, is a very is a fascinating character. Yeah, uh, the guy in there. A lot of turtlenecks. Mock turtlenecks <laughs> or a lot of turtlenecks. I said a lot of turtlenecks. I also uh, I also there's a, a sequence where early on where Willem Dafoe is counterfeiting money and it's very like technical about the process. And I just love that kind of shit, man. Like having recently watched Thief, there's a lot of technical shit in that. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. Like I love the like the the physicality of watching the process. I don't know. I thought it was awesome. Well, it reminds me of uh, what a friend of mine once said about when he finally saw the original Dawn of the Dead. And he was like, here's what I like about that movie. 
They mess up all these zombies, and they go, we gotta clean this up. And then you watch them get the janitor supplies and clean it up, and then put the janitor supplies away. <laughs> like, yeah. like, the things that show you the, like, the physical actions you have to go through to complete a task like you know what did you guys really watch, did you guys watch that show the fall with jillian anderson and uh Paul? i watched the first jamie dornan is in it yeah. yeah 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 i watched the first season that was that was so good about it they did all that the, they had all these scenes where it was like you know you'd have someone rushed into a hospital room and they were doing triage on them and then they'd show like the attendant cleaning up the room afterwards is just like covered in blood. Yeah, all the all the sort of technical stuff that they never show you. That's cool. Show, show me the stuff. Yeah, show me the stuff. That's Stuart's catchphrase. Show We've got me the all stuff. Our now. Yeah, from from Georgie McGuire, the the uh, the the uh, Asylum Pictures ripoff of Jerry Maguire. <laughs> show me the stuff, uh, Elliot. Why don't you recommend a movie? It goes, and then at the end, and then at the end, oh. she says, she's. You had me at hi there. That's how it ends at the end. So, uh, so I'll recommend a movie now. So this is—it's not, I guess, a horror movie, but it is a frightening situation to be in, and it also involves car chasing. So it fits between both. Uh, and I recently uh, took a took a revisit to the movie Breakdown from 1997, starring oh, yeah, Russell yeah. and J.T. Walsh, a fun one. Yeah. Kathleen Kathleen Quinlan, and it was one of these movies I remembered seeing as a teenager and being like, "That was that was fun." And I wanted to go back and see if it was as good as I remembered it, and it was. Uh, Kurt Russell and J- and Kathleen Quinlan are a married couple. They are driving uh, to their new home in what San Diego, I think. And along the way, they run afoul of a trucker played by J.T. Walsh, who it turns out is a super bad guy criminal who kidnaps people. And uh, Kurt Russell has to fight, find, find the inner, uh, the inner savage in himself to fight back and turn the tables and save his wife. And it's just like a super taut. Uh, Small scale thriller. It's really good. Directed by Jonathan Mostow, who also made a Flophouse movie, Surrogates. So don't go see Surrogates. Go see Breakdown. Yeah, yeah. I Wait. just remember it having like just like one of those classic thriller premises. You know, yeah. like it's just yeah. like let's let's make it as simple as possible for the audience to give this it's hero like- give this hero glasses to start with, so <laughs> yeah. you know yep. he's civilized, <laughs> and you know those shits are going when he goes all <laughs> crazy. He's gonna lose those glasses. It will not affect his vision at all. So I don't know why he was wearing them. Um, but yeah, that uh, it's. But yeah, their car breaks down. Uh, this trucker offers to take his wife to go use a payphone, and then she disappears, and everyone pretends they never heard of her, and that's it. And then they've got to do great. And it's like, uh, and it's one of those movies where like uh, they do a really good job. Where each time you think that they're like, okay, they got it. They don't got it. Something terrible happens again. They, yeah. they got another obstacle to get over. Uh, and it's only ninety three minutes long. It's great. Anyway, that's breakdown. Uh, Hallie, what have you got? Uh, okay, my recommendation um, is okay. I had never actually seen this movie. I had only used it as an OTS pun when we were at the Daily Show. But Can I you explain what an OTS is. That's that's a nice inside look behind the curtain. <laughs> it's an it's an over the shoulder. So it's the way we title the we would title the pieces, and they were uh, yeah. you know, clever little takes on movies you recognized. Mm-hmm. Um. The men who stare at votes, for instance, when there was the the Al Gore, uh, George W. Bush hanging chads <laughs> thing. That was uh, one yeah, of the classics. During the long process uh, when the Obamacare health bill was being debated, we went through all of the hell, all of the hell titles. So we did Drag Me to Health and Hellraiser and <laughs> Hellraiser 2, and we ran out. And it was so hard to do more of them because it went on for months. But yeah, that's what we call those OTSs. Right. 
so I finally actually saw the movie. We need to talk about Kevin. Have you guys ever oh, seen that? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's, uh, a, my, it's a very good movie. Yeah. My husband suggested it and I was like, nobody actually watches that movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I watched just it. Just use it for puns. It's just the title. <laughs> exactly. But, um, you know, if you, yeah, it, it's, it's, while not uh, under the whore, uh, well, you won't find it in the whore section at Blockbuster. No. Boy, if you have a kid, pretty harrowing to imagine. Uh-huh. Yeah. I also think that now, uh, out of the four of us, only Elliot has not recommended it's great. to talk about Kevin. I also well, maybe love, I'll do it next yeah. time. I also love a world where Tilda Swinton and John C. Riley are married. <laughs> okay, that was the only yeah. thing that I was like, I love him as the weird, uh, goofy, clueless husband casting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I thought it totally worked in the hours. But in this one, I was like, no, this isn't. Tilda Swinton is too sophisticated for this guy. Uh-huh. But hey he's guys, got that he, like that like cool BDE, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know where you can find we need to talk about Kevin? Where? It's on Tubi. That's oh, right. Shit. Every movie's on Tubi, it turns out. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, this is where we reveal the the entire run of the flop house has been a stealth advertisement for Tubi. Yeah, <laughs> Tubi, you can get in on That's this. That's where they spent all of their money. Their ad yeah, money. It was just I mean, they should. That'd be yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, somebody was like, hey, you guys maybe should advertise on the Flophouse. And they're like, why? They're already talking about us all the time. <laughs> yeah, we're giving it away yeah, for free. We call that the Popeye's conundrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're getting the milk for free. And as Hallie knows, we need more milk. So, Hallie, what movie that you've talked about for years but you've never actually seen are you going to go after next? Uh... I don't know. Do you guys hear my baby screaming? That's what I'm <laughs> distracted by. Sorry. Well, then let's let you go. Yeah. If you, if you're just... I, is it a real baby or is it or is it a ghost? It's, it's to get me out of this question. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's yeah. Let's let's let Hallie go. Um, what do we do at the end of the show? We say we let, we let Hallie plug anything she wants to yeah, plug. Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan you are you one of the new listeners who's joining yeah, because I, of the block party? I heard an ad for this on um, uh, Alonso's show, and I just you know I was like, this is this is for me. No, Hallie, do you have anything to plug? I mean, this is the only thing I've, I'm doing this episode, so uh, okay. I, I plug. You know, rewind, listen to it again. <laughs> 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 and you're gonna have those uh, those T-shirts with a catchphrase coming out soon. Yeah, exactly. On my um, Etsy store. <laughs> oh, nice handmade. Well, thank you to Alex <laughs> Smith for being our producer, making this uh, sound as as good as we do. Uh, and uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. Go to maximumfun.org to look at other podcasts on the network or listen to them. If you look at them, they won't do much. But if you you know hit play and listen to them, you'll be uh, edified and you'll enjoy yourself. Yeah. And if you're a new listener who is just tuning in from the block party, we have a whole bunch of episodes, years and years of them. Don't go too far back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Check it out. Some are worse. Some are better. Who uh-huh. knows? <laughs> just take a chance. Some need more milk. Sorry. Yeah. I stole your cat. But uh, <laughs> for the flop house. I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Hallie Hagland. I'm Ellie Kalen. <laughs> Bye. Boing. Bye. Boing. 
from the twisted mind of Henry James, the horror master who brought you the golden bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Hail, you sick fucks. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.